0: Let's remember the words of Psalm one eighteen twenty two to 24 The same stone that the builders rejected has become our chief cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing, and it and is it marvelous, marvelous in our eyes. eyes. On this day the Lord has acted. We will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the last Sunday we'll be together before the beginning of the new lectionary year, the new church calendar. Um. Uh, so uh, just uh, prepare to begin again with Advent in preparation for celebrating the arrival of Christ as a child and we look forward to his return he will return as he said he would amen today I want us in keeping with my theme of where questions uh, I chose for my topic uh, or for my title anyway, where are we going? Where are we going? Before I get into that I wanted to comment on the collet today as, as often is in this stretch of the lectionary, the last six months of the lectionary that we call ordinary time, some of the some of the prayers that are written in the prayer book are just so precise and so powerful in the wording of them. And this one today I I, I really always look forward to praying it every year. <clears throat> the Lord who caused all the holy scriptures to be written for our learning, grant that we may hear them, that we may read them, that we may mark them, so you can write in your Bible, it's okay (laughs) that we may learn them and inwardly digest them, that means that we might meditate on them, that we might mull over them and and uh, just let them let them sit there and, and soak in the words of Scripture and having done that and because of the power of the scripture, because the scriptures are alive, <clears throat> that we may embrace and ever hold fast to the blessed hope of everlasting life. And last Sunday I preached about the resurrection, that we have an assurance, a steadfast promise, uh, that absolute, that there is a resurrection, a physical resurrection. These bodies, whether whatever remains of them, if no more than a few particles of dust, the Lord will resurrect these, these bodies that he created for us uh, but they'll be different than we are now they'll be, uh, they'll be physical but in a different way of the, which we don't know exactly uh, but we do look forward to living with Christ in a physical body so, our Old Testament reading today was from the last book in the canon of the Old Testament, Malachi. And in that reading, it uses the phrase, Then those who feared the Lord. Then those who feared the Lord. And then, it, and then again, in another place, it said, You who fear my name. So, it's referring to those who believe, those who have put their faith those who accept the uh, revelation as we see in scripture and the truth that the God of gods, the creator of all that is the one who caused all that that we see and that is being continued to be discovered by science today, the creator of it all uh, is, is reaching out to us, is communicating to us, is revealing his goodness and his love to us. It says that those people, the ones who fear the name of the Lord, who believe, who know who he is, who who acknowledge his majesty and his goodness and his power, that these people will see the goodness of God and that they will even go go out leaping like calves from the stall without... Don't know that I've ever seen a calf leap from a stall, but I can imagine what it looks like. Maybe kind of like the bull in the rodeo, maybe. Yeah. <clears throat> but uh, I've seen people come pretty close to that in my Pentecostal charismatic <laughs> roots. And it's a good thing. If it's from your heart, if it's if it's a genuine reaction to your love for the Lord and I say it's a good thing. Psalm 98 is a, in the midst of several Psalms that are a wonderful call to worship. We read today that we we to make a joyful noise to the Lord. All the earth, all people break forth into joyous song and sing praises. It calls for musicians to play their instruments. For them to play their instruments as an act of worship unto the Lord, to the one who alone is worthy of our worship. Then it goes on, the psalmist calls forth all of creation to praise the Lord. The sea, the rivers, the hills. In Psalm 96 it talks about the trees clapping their hands uh, for all of creation to acknowledge and worship the Lord. And it... I know I've mentioned this before, but there's one scene in uh, City of God. I think it's um, I forget the actor. But anyway, it's not that great a movie. I don't recommend it. But there's this one scene in it. It's about a supposedly about an angel who comes to earth and because he falls in love with a woman, he wants to give up his his immortality to become a mortal. Oh, Michael, uh, hey, Michael, with uh, what's the guy from Tarrying Alive who comes to Malta? Yeah, I'm not sure. That was City of Angels. That was City of Angels. Oh, yeah. Angels. Yeah, yeah. Angels. Nicholas Cage, is that who you're talking about? That's it, that's what yeah. I'm talking about. Yeah. What did I say? City of God. That's Augustine. Oh, oh, yeah, a different yeah, movie. City of Angels, Nicholas Cage, that's what it is. But there's this one scene. I wish I had it chalk so I could show it to you but the, right as the sun is going up he goes to the beach Nicholas Cage does and he's standing there and just as the sun is coming over the horizon starting to all these other angels just appear there on the beach with him and there's this incredible sound it's I don't. It's not even. Is it voices? It's, it's, there's voices, but it's there's. A, but you cannot, I mean, it's like all of creation is just worshiping, and that's what I think about when I see this. It's. It's. Uh. It's awesome, and I've. There's been a time or two when I feel like I've come close to that and experiencing that, and one time in particular. Me and Lori were backpacking and uh, mine and Lori's backpacking trips didn't always go as planned but there was this one night uh, we were up in the Smoky Mountains and I woke up in the middle of the night and it was cold uh, chilly, versus was in August so it couldn't have been real cold but it, I was comfortable in my sleeping bag and But I woke wide awake, which is unusual for me. And I felt like we were camped about a hundred yards from the summit of a mountain. And I felt that uh, the Lord was impressing on me to get up and to get dressed and go up to the summit. So reluctantly I did. I got some clothes on, put my shoes on, and I walked over to the tent Lori was in and woke her up and she's like, Dad, what's wrong? I'm like, I'm gonna go up to the summit, you wanna come with me? No, Dad. (laughs) 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 So I walked on up to the summit and it was a bright moon night and there was, it was so bright you could look down in the valley and see the mist, uh, the fog, or the clouds below us and you could see several other summits around us. And it was just a real powerful time for me to sit and soak in the presence of God and the beauty of creation. But uh, I believe that creation does worship God, just as the psalmist calls for it to. Reading from the epistle instructs us to do whatever we do faithfully, quietly, and with integrity, as it is becoming to one who is serving the king of kings with their life. This passage and many others describe a lifestyle that is less about finding your calling and, and, and finding enlightenment and fulfillment. It's less about that than it is about just whatever you're doing, do it as unto the Lord. Sometimes I worry that we, and, and, and myself included, in this postmodern culture spend way more time thinking and worrying about experience and fulfillment and, and, and you know, identifying and pursuing our particular calling and, and finding enlightenment and, and, and experiencing affirmation as a person. We spend way more time on that than we do just being faithful and persevering and seeking to serve others in our day-to-day life. I listen to so many who serve in helping people find a way to what we consider a healthier life, a saner life, a less stressful life, a, a more fulfilling life. And that's a good thing, and I, and I encourage that, and I, and I want to help, I want to experience a, a saner, more fulfilling life myself, and help others address the challenges in their life that uh, sometimes seem to be overwhelming, but it, still it can be challenging to keep it all in perspective. Sometimes I think we just, we just need to do the next thing. You know, we need to wash the clothes and fold them and put them away. We need to wash the dishes and go buy groceries and pay the water bill and the water bill. and Go to the dentist and the doctor, whatever, just do the stuff of life. Um, So there's a balance there somewhere in there. And uh, as we're considering where we're going and where, where are our hearts and... Where's the goodness of God and I forget the other titles that I've been using recently, but it's just in my heart that we, that we try to I, allow and trust the Lord in our relationship with others around us to help us keep our feet on the ground too and to be down to earth and practical in our faith, in our life. In the Gospel reading, it was the last few verses of Luke chapter 20 and the beginning of 21. We hear Jesus warning about not falling into the trap of self-righteousness and pride, about uh, seeking the praise and admiration of other men. Uh, He exposes the motives of the scribes who were doing just that. They were... They were parading about in long robes and praying long prayers simply for the position that it gave them and the the respect that it gave them. And he moves from that uh, to pointing out the simple, maybe menial offering of a poor widow. The woman who gives her last two pennies or last two dollars in the temple offering plate. And uh, have you ever stopped to think about where her money that she gave, who she was giving it to? As I understand it, she was not contributing to the ministry of Jesus and his disciples. But she was giving all of her earthly wealth at the temple... To those who would use that money to have Jesus accused and crucified. But yet she was giving it to the Lord in worship. And Jesus commended her and held her up as an example for us to worship with all of our heart. So in all these readings I see a common thread of teaching that instructs and challenges us to examine how we live and where our hearts are. As we sang these songs today that I believe the Holy Spirit led Sandra to choose, we sang lyrics that proclaim our hearts to be a heart of worship, that it is not about us, but it's all about Jesus. As I mentioned the other Sunday, I put a reminder on my iPhone that asked the question, when was the last time I asked Jesus not for what I want, but for what he wants me to want? And I've also added this Dallas Willard quote God does not exist to solve our problems We exist to stand up with God and count for something in this world That's kind of what I'm hoping to get across today Is, is in our pursuit of greater experience and greater spiritual peace and connection with God that we also press in to the here and now and just the daily business of life and going about life with a spirit and attitude that will draw others that were, That will but that will highlight and point others to God's goodness and His faithfulness in our lives. When we think about all the times that God has solved our problems, and He has many times, the many ways He has blessed us and provided for us, we we should certainly be thankful. As we approach our national holiday established just for the purpose of thanksgiving, Let us strive to keep an attitude of gratitude and thankfulness every day. Certainly there are days when it's the last thing on my mind. Especially when I'm suffering physically or facing some huge problem that I have no idea how I'm going to solve. But if I could just remember. If I could just pause long enough to go back to how He saved me how He delivered me from a path of destruction to remember how many wonderful men and women He has put in my life to encourage me and to teach me the truth to bring light and hope into my life it makes me lift up my heart and my head and gives me strength to do the next thing when I remember the truth the works of the Lord and The things that we learn both from scripture and from history and from the testimony of those that we live with and in our own life. My faith is strengthened and, and I'm willing to ask the Lord to have his way in my life and in me. I know I can do that because I can trust him because he is good. Our God and our Father is good. He does have my best interests in mind every day all day He is our perfect Father I shared this last Sunday but I wanted to repeat it to remind us not long ago I realized that somewhere down inside of me is a part of me that's never quite satisfied regardless of how perfect a day might be the reason is that in my most joyful and festive moments there's always an awareness of someone who is missing and I know that only when everyone I know everyone I care about can be present and can be experiencing the same joy and celebration of the moment as I am can my joy be truly complete And so realizing this part of us that I believe God put in us, this this desire to not just seek our own, not just to seek our own um, being able to satisfy our own hunger and our own desires, our own fulfillment, but to be able to want to share that with all those around us to be in community to 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 be with family and neighbors as we recognize that this is this is a God-given desire and it's his heart it's his heart that we might um, share what he's given to us, that we might share the good news, that we might choose to live in such a way as to invite others into the kingdom of the most benevolent and generous King that's ever been. The only King who is light and in whom there is no darkness. That we might through our lives and through our words extol the virtues of such goodness and truth and beauty of our King who is the King of kings and the Lord of lords that, that no one will choose to miss out in the joy. In the joy of knowing him and serving him. And so that the king's joy and our joy will one day be complete. So where are we going? Each day we decide. We decide if we're going to keep our eyes on the circumstances around us or lift up our eyes to see the glory and goodness of our God when we choose to do that our hearts are transformed he takes out that, that cold hard heart and puts in a heart of flesh daily someone recently t- said that they need more gospel every day because yesterday's good news evaporates I know what they mean May we learn to live with our eyes fixed upon Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, the one who has promised us resurrected life in which we will live with him throughout all eternity. Second Thessalonians 3, 5 says, May the Lord direct your hearts to the love of God and to the steadfastness of Christ. And that's my prayer. May we all arrive at that place of genuine worship from a heart that is wholly focused on and surrendered to our loving Father. Lord, we ask you to forgive us for the thing we have made it, for forgetting to set our eyes upon you and not not on our circumstances, because it really is all about you. Amen. Let's stand together and proclaim our common faith and the Nicene Creed on page 3.